Can Chris Olave and Trevor Penning do enough in 2022, their rookie season, to make the New Orleans Saints draft class a win right off the bat? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me over at USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday. Unlocked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off of purchases, $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive and it includes engagement. So use the promo code Locked On at checkout. On today's episode, Anthony Treese of Locked, uh, excuse me, a pro football focus is going to be joining us here on today's episode of Locked On Saints to talk about the New Orleans Saints 2022 draft class. We kick off with Trevor Penning and Chris Olave, what they need to do to make the New Orleans Saints a or New Orleans Saints draft class a win right off the bat. Alante Taylor, could he surprise? And is DeMarco Jackson a very, very good fit? Or why DeMarco Jackson is a very, very good fit for the New Orleans Saints? We're going to kick it off with Anthony talking about Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. Here is what his thoughts were. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Locked On Saints to help break down the New Orleans Saints draft class, what they might look like moving ahead through 2022, and what some of these guys need to do so that they seem like a successful draft class when we look back in three years. Let's start off with the two big names, Chris Olave, Trevor Penning. The Saints did a lot of work to get those two first-round picks. Does it feel like the laurels of this draft class kind of rest on these two guys? You know, even at the end of the day, like if Trevor Penning struggles next year, like I'm not going to take a victory lap. I'm never going to do that. Um, even at the, especially at the offensive line position, because heck, it could be three to four years before he really starts to pan out just because that's the, that's the nature of the position. It takes some time to develop. I mean, you look at someone like, you know, Andrew Thomas, you know, he was a, you know, very yeah. high top 10 pick a few years ago. He struggled badly as a rookie and now he's starting to be, a, you know, come step into his own and he's being a very quality tackle in the NFL stood out last year on um, his second year there. So, I mean, it, it takes some time for these guys. Not all of them can be like Rashawn Slater and Penny Sewell who, you know, those guys looked like seasoned vets out there last year. I mean, those are rare specimens. Um, I think Trevor Penning, if he is going to develop, it's going to take some time. Um, and, and so I think, it, like you said, it's going to be three-year, four-year type of thing where we look back and see, you know, did they get this right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the proper time there. But with Chris Olave, I would be surprised if they did not hit on that. Yeah, so it sounds like Trevor Penning maybe is a little bit more of the long development, wait and see how it all works out kind of deal, whereas you feel like Chris Olave could be more of a an immediate impact player in this New Orleans Saints offense. I mean, I know you had uh, one of your recent mock drafts or one of the mock drafts right before the draft, you had the Saints going with Chris Olave, and I believe it was Desmond Ritter. So they kind of go, you know, that same uh, similar situation, two offensive picks in the first round. But now you've got Chris, Chris Olave, who you put in an opposite Michael Thomas since the draft, they add Jarvis Landry. You kind of talked a little bit about the fit there, but it feels like he would be able to have an immediate impact for this team with those players around him. Yeah, honestly, I think the only thing that would stop Chris Olave from being a productive player, you know, pretty, pretty close to right away 
is the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. I think as long as the quarterback position is stable, then I think he can be productive. That's a pretty big if, um, just given the nature of that room right now. Of course, Jameis Winston, I think like his career path as far as just like this public sentiment of him is very interesting. I think he's getting a little bit overrated now when I thought he was underrated before. Interesting. yeah, yeah. And so it, I, I think the injury also plays into a part of that. Like mm-hmm. he, he had a really major knee injury, and you know overcoming that's not easy. And he did, you know, impress before that injury occurred early last year. Um, but even at the end of the day, I mean, this is still a mid-tier starter who, you know, I think in his best year, a lot's going to have to go right. And we've seen quarterbacks have these types of seasons, right? You know, they just kind of stand out and you know have that one one hit wonder and they have that year he has a skill set i mean he can make some special throws just kind of you know cleaning up that decision making so Mm -hmm. i think as long as the quarterback position is stable chris olave is going to be productive you know that's no matter who's under center yeah um for new orleans so that's really my only worry there even with you know michael thomas and jarvis landry i I think he's gonna he's gonna find a way to get some touches there do you feel like the quarterback situation in new orleans is a little bit more stable this year than it was last year just simply based on the fact that Taysom hill's not going to come in and take like 40 quarterback snaps throughout the first four games and that's yeah that's a fair <laughs> point to make and i would probably agree i didn't even think about that but yeah it probably is more stable than last year because that was the other thing like right last year. you just you never knew and you know Taysom, he's got a unique skill set um, made a lot of money, you know, tip of the cap to him. You know, he, he can be a good addition in certain spots, but yeah, quarterback, it ain't it for It's him. not his I mean, spot. Yeah. It, it's not. So yeah, I would agree with you as knowing like he's not going to be the guy, um, and knowing that you're probably not going to have to trot out Ian book anytime, at least mm-hmm. with Andy Dalton there, who he's not the best, but he can, he's just a game manager, right? He can right. get you through if you need him to he can so run your offense least, yeah exactly i mean he's not going to make those superhero throws anymore but you know that that's at least the most encouraging so i think that's a good point i think it is a little bit more stable this year than last when you look at these two guys uh trevor pinning chris olave what would you like to see from them this season maybe over the course of the next few seasons to kind of be able to look back and say okay the new orleans saints they did what they needed to do and it worked out yeah, I mean, speaking on pinning, I think he's just – I need to see some vast improvement in his past sets. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, just hearing from his trainers and, you know, his, you know, out of team coaches, off the field, and they're pretty confident that he is cleaning up and that he is going to be a very good player. Like I said, at the senior bowl, I just didn't see that. I mean, I'm, I'm worried that he's just going to get you know, pushed back in the quarterback's last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think – you know, he's very susceptible to getting gold rushed with how high he plays. I mean, he's a ba- massive tackle. Um, you know, he just get, winning the leverage battle, um, you know, attacking with wide hands. I think he just has everything to clean up, um, you know, from a technical perspective. So just a little bit of growth from him, I think, would do do him wonders. And also just like the play style, ringing, you know, you know, bringing it back in a little bit because he sure. was the FCS and penalties a year ago. <laughs> and, you know, of course, even at the Senior Bowl, he had those moments where it's like, hey, man. Let's take it easy. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to be the Saints C.J. Gardner-Johnson on offense. That's the way that I've looked yeah. at it for him. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good comp. Yeah, he's that's exactly what he's probably going to be. Just kind of reel it back a little bit. No, now you can't. I mean, you go play someone like, you know, Shaq Barrett. You can't do what you did to the kid from um, <laughs> Montana State. Right, or right, right. And just, you know, throw him in the dirt. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to fly. So, you know, I'm going to be interested to see that. But I think just showing at least a little bit of technical growth. Um, from Trevor Pinning's perspective, at least next year, mm-hmm. I think 
that would give me a little bit more confidence saying, you know, maybe here in a few years, he can be an established guy. He's probably never going to be Teron Armstead, who they right. had there when healthy, of course. Um, but, you know, maybe he could be a very good tackle um, eventually. He definitely has the athletic tools and physical tools um, to really get there. And with Olave, I think, I mean, I just think he's a high floor player. I don't think yeah. he really needs to show me like anything like thinking, okay, he can be a little bit more than this. I, th- I think he's a high floor player. Um, I think if he can, yeah, I, I just think he's, I, I think he's just going to be a productive player right away. I think he can, I think he can get open. Um, he can catch the ball. He can win vertically. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just, the only thing that I have, you know, worries about is just being limited with what he can do after the catch. That's just not his game. Sure. Kind of just being a one trick pony. But honestly, I just don't think that's ever going to be something that he can like fix. Like he can't really develop on that. I don't mm-hmm. think, I think that's just the way he is. Um, maybe it changes, but I, I think that's just kind of his game. Again, that's still a very valuable player and a very good, you know, number two there. All right, family, much more with Anthony Trish coming up on today's episode of Locked On Seats, including why Alante Taylor could potentially find his way to the field in 2022 on the defensive side, not just on special teams. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Seats. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of the special moments throughout your life by whether you're looking to create a custom engagement ring for the person that you love, or you're looking for a classic, timeless jewelry piece to celebrate or mark a special occasion like an anniversary, a birthday maybe, you're looking for maybe a tennis bracelet or a diamond-studded earrings, anything like that. Across the entire spectrum, there's something that's going to fit your price range over at BlueNile.com at prices you're actually not going to find at traditional jewelers. So whether it's that you're ready to pop the question or, and by the way, if you're ready to pop the question, I definitely definitely recommend checking out the gallery collection. Really, really beautiful stuff there. Or you're celebrating a milestone moment. You'll be able to find jewelry that fits in your budget and you're going to find all of it as unique as the person that you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com. And as a part of that modern convenience, there's also 24-7 support over at bluenile.com to make sure that you find the absolute right piece that you are looking for 24-7. Seven. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners, you're going to get $50 off a purchase is $500 or more. This podcast exclusive does include engagement. So just make sure you use the promo code locked on at checkout. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, it ships direct, and it arrives in discreet packaging so that it doesn't give away the surprise that's inside. So shop stress free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. Right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Could Alante Taylor actually find his way to some defensive snaps in 2022? And what it is about his skill set that could potentially get him there. We discussed that with Anthony Trish here at Pro Football Focus here in just a second. But first, I want to thank you very much as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on Listener survey as well. LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey that way you can tell us what you like what you don't like about the locked on podcast network and it also enters you if you take that survey into a chance to be one of 10 people to win a 100 ticket master gift card so let us know what you think about the locked on podcast network where we can improve and where we're giving you exactly what you need 
at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. All right, Anthony Treesh is here from Pro Football Focus. What do you think about Alante Taylor and how we could potentially hit the field his rookie season? Got that coming up for you here in just a sec. Anthony Treesh, the lead college analyst over at Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Anthony. Anthony, I know you guys are plugging away right now, getting that college guide ready uh, for the upcoming college season. New Orleans Saints fans, I'm sure that they'll be checking it out. You absolutely should. Check out your Buckeyes. Check out your Tennessee Volunteers. You're ready for the season. You'll be fine after that. Speaking of uh, Tennessee Volunteers, New Orleans Saints move up. Well, they stay put in the second round at pick 49. Jaquan Brisker goes one pick ahead to the Chicago Bears, which is who I was kind of hoping would fall to New Orleans. But I feel like they're good at the safety spot after the draft. They figured it out with Teron Matthew and all that. But they were able to bring in Alante Taylor, the cornerback from Tennessee. He has been described as public enemy number one in one-on-ones. What is sort of the prototype that is going to succeed in the NFL when it comes to these rookie corners transitioning to the pros? And does Alante Taylor fall into that category? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably... So at corner, I think offensive line is probably one that has like the the longest development. Mm -hmm. I think at corner, you see the, I would say the worst play, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, as rookies, those are the players that are going to struggle. I mean, they're going to get eaten alive, even the top of the, you know, top of the class. That's just going to happen. It's pretty rare to see, you know, a cornerback just really kind of, you know, be put together out there and not look like a rookie. I mean, most of the time you're going to get fried out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe in year two, you make that big jump, like, like AJ Terrell, for example, yeah. I mean, he almost allowed thousand yards as a rookie. He was objectively not good last year. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He should have been a first team all pro. Um, and I, now I think he's an elite talent. I mean, you can have that pretty steep jump there. So, I mean, looking at this corner class, I, I think you could probably say a couple or maybe three have the chance to look and hold their own out there. I think Patrick Sertain last year for Denver, he wasn't anywhere near his ceiling. And I think his ceiling's elite and special. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he at least kind of, he looked decent. Like he looks good enough. You're right. like, okay, this, this kid's going to be something good eventually. I think Stingley, you know, Sauce, um, Trent McDuffie's role is going to be interesting. I think he's going to yeah. be moved around. But, it, you know, I, I think so. those guys are probably going to be ones where you, they, they won't be elite right away, but you're going to be like, okay, I see it. And mm-hmm. I think they will be year two, year three with Elante Taylor. I think, you know, just compared to like the PFF draft board, it was a pretty, pretty steep reach. And mm-hmm. I think with him, I, if he does, you know, kind of pan out and becomes like a quality corner at the NFL level, I think it's going to be a, a multiple year type of thing, mm-hmm. just given the way he is right now. I mean, he's fast and physical. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he has that mindset, but you know, just the, the, the instincts aren't quite there. You know, they're not yep. really developed. And I think that's kind of the biggest piece of the puzzle. I think that's the most important aspect of the corner position. Um, you know, just, you know, the, the playmaking ability that comes with that and, you know, even, you know, the change of direction isn't, you know, as crisp as you'd want. Um, I think those are just kind of concerns, you know, granted, I think he did take a pretty step, a pretty big step forward this past year at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty, he was in, he was consistently inconsistent his first few years before that. You can uh, deal with that, right? But, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then this past year, I thought he was a very good corner for Tennessee, but projecting in the NFL, I think he's still got some stuff to work on. And like I said, just developing on those instincts and, I think coaching is going to be a big aspect to that. And for sure. Situation matters um, for players like Alante. So I think he's probably going to be a multiple year type of thing. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully he proves me wrong. Maybe he can be in that rare bunch that makes, you know, a solid impact right away. 
that big leap that maybe no one expects. That's kind of sometimes what ends up making a successful draft class, right? The guys that you don't expect to make that big impact, making that big impact. You look back to Alvin Kamara, for instance, who was a guy that a lot of Saints fans were actually disappointed that the Saints had drafted at that time because they felt like their running back room was good. Then, you know, he pushed Adrian Peterson, a Hall of Famer, right out of the city. So, you know, you never know how it's all going to work out. You look at the New Orleans Saints secondary right now, it feels like it's the strength of their team, the strength of their defense. Uh, they lost Marcus Williams. Malcolm Jenkins retired, but they get Marcus May early on in free agency. They bring uh, Tyron Matthew to Honey Badger, comes back home to New Orleans. You have Paul Sinadibo, who had a really nice rookie season last year. Of course, Marshawn Lattimore, CJ Gardner-Johnson, who we mentioned earlier. What's the outlook on the New Orleans Saints secondary, and where does a guy like Alante Taylor potentially fit in? Because it's a little bit of a crowded room ahead of him right now. Yeah, I think their secondary, It's I think it's a pretty boomer bust type of group. Mm-hmm. Like if we end, say... Fast forward through 2022, mm-hmm. you know, you saw the future and you said the Saints finished number one from a coverage perspective. They were the best. I wouldn't be completely shocked. Yeah. If you said, you know, maybe they're in the 20s. I was like, I wouldn't be that shocked either. <laughs> just given the the nature of the group, I think Marcus May, you know, at his best is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coming off that Achilles injury, right. just kind of the injury bug in general. That's just something I'm a little bit concerned about. You know, even when he was on the field too, they tried to change his role in that defense, playing up close to the line of scrimmage, yep. playing not his game. Um, you know, Tyron Matthew just kind of getting adjusted from the move. I think he's still going to be a good player, but that's just still something you always want to monitor. Mm-hmm. With Marshawn Lattimore and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I'm I'm not worried at all. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, he's an elite cornerback, um, one of the best outside corners. I actually, I mean, I did the outside corner rankings and slot cornerback rankings um, over mm. at PFF.com. Both of these guys. You know, Lattimore top 10 outside corner, Gardner Johnson to no surprise top 10 slot corner. I mean, those guys are some of the best at the position. Um, you know, Paulson Adebo, that's the other one where it's just kind of the boomer bust nature right. of it. You know, we'll see if he can build off of what he did last year. So, you know, if everything goes well, this can be a very, very special group. It's just like, say, I could see a scenario where things go a little bit south just because of the couple of uncertainties. Um, and I think that would, would then open up the door for Alante to kind of get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I think there's opportunity for him to make an impact. Um, I wouldn't say it's kind of like, I mean, they're in a very good position compared to like most of the NFL, sure. right? I mean, most <laughs> of the NFL doesn't have even a, a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah. Right. They, they would kill for most of these guys that they have in their secondary. So they're in a good spot. Um, you know, coverage ability or coverage output and, you know, just in general is pretty unlike just volatile in nature, right? You know, mm-hmm. year to year, you're going to see some fluctuation there. Um, that, that's just the nature of the position, just based off what we've seen, you know, in some of our studies. Um, and, and so that's what's something you kind of have to bake into there as well. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I think like the biggest thing, you know, just like communicating with fans, they always, a lot of fan bases think, okay, we got better here. When we were good here last year, we're going to keep being good there last, where we were last right, year, still right. keep better. It's like, there's no guarantee that you're still going to be as good as you were last year in that position, even if you kept the same guys. Um, and when you look at the coverage units, that's where it's really like, you can't really, even though you were a good group last year, um, to think that's going to happen. And when you have that, those new bodies in there, um, that coming in, that's when it kind of is like, okay, this is just, that's when you get the boomer bust, right? So I, I think, again, I think this could be a special group, but I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they slipped and underwhelmed a little bit. All right, family, wrapping up with the Jackson brothers here in just a moment, as Dennis Allen calls them, here with Anthony Treese, DeMarco Jackson, Jordan Jackson. Could either of these guys see the field in 2022? And why DeMarco Jackson is such a good fit 
for the New Orleans Saints defense. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. I've been telling you over the course of the last couple of days about these phenomenal mud pie Built Bars. They sent us a sample of them, and oh my goodness, y'all thought I loved the brownie batter Built Puffs. The mud pie Built Buffs are on another level. Like I said, it tastes like we've always said, actually, right? Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These taste exactly like they've got muskets and there's three of them. That's the way that I'll say it. So you absolutely know and love the flavor, but you're also getting 17, 18 grams of protein in these things without all of the sugar and net carbs that you're going to get in a candy bar at the same time. So you'll want to check out that mud pie built puff. You can also get a sample of the built granola. You can get, uh, you know, a, a, a sample box of the standard built bars as well. That includes like mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, all the classic favorites like sh- uh, salted caramel, cookies and cream, whole bunch that you can check out over at built.com. Just make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off at built.com. Once again, that is 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with Anthony Treach, our guest from Pro Football Focus. He tells us why he thought Akeem Davis Gaither, a former App State linebacker, was such a good fit with the New Orleans Saints and why DeMarco Jackson checks the same boxes. Got that and more coming up with Anthony Treach right now. All right, everybody, wrapping up our draft breakdown here with Anthony Treese at PFF underscore Anthony, lead college analyst over at Pro Football Focus. Anthony, want to wrap up with the Jackson brothers. No relation, no relation. Uh, but they want to wrap up here with, uh, you know, or they wrapped up their draft, the New Orleans Saints did, with uh, Appalachian State linebacker DeMarco Jackson, Air Force Academy defensive tackle Jordan Jackson. want to start off with DeMarco, DeMarco Jackson because you actually, a couple of years ago, Talked about his teammate, Akeem Davis Gaither, as being a great fit for the New Orleans Saints. How do you feel like the fit for DeMarco Jackson compares? Yeah, I think this is a good fit for him, too. I, I think just looking at the Saints all-fall linebacker room right now, I think he's in a pretty good position, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have DeMario in there, who's one of the best in the NFL, right? And then you have that veteran presence that knows, even though he is getting older, and I think that's something to monitor and a little bit of a concern sure. moving forward, you know, just having that veteran presence there of one of the best at the position is helpful to anybody. And I think if you ask any rookie that's kind of been in that, their, that type of scenario, they'll say the same thing that, you know, that, that veteran leadership um, that's, he's been there, he's done that he's experienced the lows at the beginning and then climbed to highs when he changed teams, you know, that I think that's very valuable there. And, you know, he's not going to be asked to, you know, step into a marquee role right away. Right. Um, and I, I think with his skill set, you know, the Saints can use to him. Um, I, I think they should, you know, very much emphasize his blitzing ability. Um, you know, that's what App State did this past year, and he had a lot of success with it. I mean, he was up there. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know he was up there in all fall linebacker pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- from a blitz perspective, and he really kind of rounded himself out to be an all-around player. Right? He wasn't a one-trick pony. Um, you know, he was good in all facets. Um, and you know, you look at his production, one of the most productive players at position, just kind of stable in every single facet. Um, so that's very encouraging. It's just kind of, you know, making that jump he is older, you know, is there going to be a learning curve, you know, can, you know, his, his profile kind of fit the NFL needs for the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just all the questions and that's why he was a day three guy, but you yeah, know, right. on day three take So you take a chance on someone that's been highly productive. Like he has been one of the higher graded group of five. Off-ball linebackers over the last couple of years. So 
I think that it was a good selection for New Orleans. Um, and I think he's in a good spot there as far as his usage goes. And, you know, just like I said, being in a right situation to, you know, be developed and be coached up to the best of his abilities. And he's got some time for all of that to set in, right? Because you not only have Demario Davis, but the Saints see a really big role or let me not say a really big role, but a larger role for Pete Werner uh, the second year linebacker that they drafted out of Ohio State. Talked about them Buckeyes. They drafted out of Ohio State last year. How'd you feel about Pete Werner and his draft process? Yeah, I mean, Pete Warner, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't that big of a fan of the pick, but mm-hmm. he was surprisingly really good for him last year, right? I mean, he was one of the better ro- defensive rookies, honestly, in the entire league. Granted, it wasn't like a full-time role, right? We didn't see right. it from beginning to end as a starter, but, you know, saw small sample size, you're encouraged, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you just say that in the preseason, like, hey, he's going to shine on a small sample, it's like, I would take that for any guy, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> if you just show some promise, I don't care how many snaps you play, if you just show so you can play a little bit, I'm going to be encouraged. And, you know, Pete Warner showed there's reason to be encouraged about his, you know, further development there. He held his own out there. Um, and, and so I think that's kind of looking back that they made a good decision there. So, you know, hopefully, you know, New Orleans kind of does that with some of their guys this year. And then Jordan Jackson rounded out this year's draft class defensive tackle out of uh, the Air Force Academy. Defensive tackle, interior defensive line next to David Onyemata. Kind of a question mark for the New Orleans Saints. Who will be that guy? Will it be Shy Tuttle again? Maybe one of these other veterans like Contavia Street or Jaleel Johnson. But does a guy like uh, Jordan Jackson have the ability to potentially surprise and push for maybe not a starting role, but for a defensive line that rotates like a hockey team, maybe some considerable snaps in 2022? Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope he proves me wrong. I don't think he's going to, you know, have as much success as he did at Air Force, right? I mean, right. even, I mean, from a pass rushing perspective, he was dominant. And, you know, going up against kind of the smaller schools, I mean, he really did work him a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think for me, he gets the run. He kind of underwhelmed um, mm-hmm. at the collegiate level. And that's when the size factor kind of came in. Right. And that's where I get concerned when you're in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's the biggest knock on him. It's size and age, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't have the, you know, the requisite, you know, build and you're not, you know, young enough, the NFL is just kind of crossing you off. I mean, that's stuff they value, but the Saints scooped them up. I think they can kind of see something there. And, you know, he definitely did have some very, very much high level moments as a pass rusher. But again, I just get concerned as from a run defense perspective, is he going to be able to hold up? Because I think he could possibly get pushed around a little bit out there. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he got snaps. I mean, the biggest thing with that defensive line, just stay healthy and, you know, and just, you know, kind of get out there. So I think as long if everybody stays healthy, then, you know, maybe we'll get to see him and some action or even then. I, I just don't think he can probably, you know, take on like a pretty significant role. I would be pretty nervous about. So, you know, again, hopefully he proves me wrong. Um, you know, excellent collegiate production, but, you know, I just have some concerns with how that's going to translate to the NFL level, just, you know, the size factor being the biggest one. For sure. I think New Orleans Saints fans get a little bit used to sometimes those day three, six, seventh round guys actually making rosters. But across the NFL, that's not always the reality. So he'll have a lot to prove going into training camp here starting up next month. Anthony, before I let you go, a couple of notable undrafted free agents that the New Orleans Saints brought in as rookies this year. Smoke Monday, the safety out of Auburn. Abram Smith, the running back out of Baylor. Lucas Kroll, tight end out of Pittsburgh. Anybody stand out to you as somebody to watch as training camp gets started next month? Yeah, I mean, Abram Smith is one. I, you know, I was kind of surprised he was available there. I thought, you know, I mean, heck, he was playing, you know, linebacker right. a few years ago. <laughs> and, you know, what he did this past year, I think, 
his production was definitely a byproduct of Jeff Grimes' scheme at mm-hmm. Baylor, the offensive coordinator there. Jeff Grimes, uh, my opinion, should have won the Broyles Award for you know top assistant coach of the year. I thought he was the best offensive play caller because that offense doesn't have talent at right. all. He made it look like it was a talented offense. But Abram Smith, I think, has a little bit of talent there. I mean, heck, Jeff, Jeff Grimes made Zach Wilson the second overall pick at BYU <laughs> the, the year before. So, I mean, he has some magic to him. Right. Um, but, you know, with Abram Smith, I mean, he can, you know, he can take advantage of that. I think he can, he's, I wouldn't be, he's one of those, especially at the running back position where, you know, you see, you see a lot of those undrafted free agents at running back, they pan out and they have a role and, you know, they're part of the committee approach. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it's not a right away. Maybe mm-hmm. Abram Smith, you know, he's one I'm keeping an eye on. I think he can be, a safe approach to a committee. I don't think he's going to be, you know, Alvin Kamara is kind of the the difference, right? And he's right. still, I mean, everybody knows like running backs, to the NFL level, they're not as valuable, you know, as everybody, you know, as they once were kind of proclaimed. And you can kind of see that now with the, how the pay is trending Um, collegiate level running backs, very valuable. One of the most yeah. valuable positions in the game. That's a, you know, longer talk that we could have another day. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara kind of generates a little bit more value over expectation, just given his receiving impact. Sure. Aaron Smith, I don't think is going to necessarily do that. But again, he could be a safe player in a committee approach and at the running back position at the NFL level. You know, that's what you kind of want for someone that's going to, you know, cost next to nothing like he is as an undrafted free agent. So I wouldn't be surprised. He's one of people my eye on. That's great, great uh, analysis on Abram Smith, somebody that Saints fans are going to be watching closely because Alvin Kamara could potentially be suspended for some portion of the season. Who's going to be the guy behind him? Is Mark Ingram going to be able to keep it up? So lots of uh, potential there for Abram Smith to make an impact. He is Anthony Trish at PFF underscore Anthony. Make sure that you keep an eye out for the PFF College Draft Guide coming out here soon. And of course, make sure you check out Anthony and all the great work that he is doing as the lead college analyst over at PFF. Thanks so much for taking the time to come through, homie. It's good to see you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. Once again, that is lead college analyst over at Pro Football Focus, Anthony Trees. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony. Yeah, he believed that maybe uh, Jameis was being a little bit overrated, but I think I think we know the real deal across when it comes to Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. There's a lot of faith in him, and rightfully so, especially with the weapons that are all around him. Now, We're going to get a little bit more insight from the national perspective, but we're going to stick with the folks here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to show you everything that we have to offer from our national analyst, Brian Peacock, from the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, from our fantasy analyst, Vinny Iyer, over at Lockdown Fantasy Football, and of course, our draft expert, Eric Crocker, former NFL player, who's going to tell you exactly what it is that makes him really, really like Alante Taylor and compare him to Chicago Bears' Jalen Johnson. Not a bad comparison to have as a rookie coming into the NFL. We got all that coming up for you and more in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. So make sure you tune in once again. And I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And so is the Locked on NFL podcast which you can get wherever you're listening to this podcast right now as well and get all of the news from around the league in less than 30 minutes. I appreciate you as always making me a part of your day. I'll see you tomorrow, but for everything you need in between these episodes, make sure you follow along on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. I trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.